This podcast is a project of the Mass Cultural Council. We believe in the power of culture, the arts, humanities, and sciences to enrich communities, advance equity, and foster creativity. This is not a pipeline issue and that there are actually plenty of qualified people of color ready and working in arts administration. So a lot of these people have been there. It's just more us being able to connect with them now in a meaningful way. Hi, I'm Anita Walker at the Mass Cultural Council and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Audrey Serafin. She is Membership and Capacity Building Manager at Arts Boston and welcome to our program. Thank you so much, Anita. Thank you for having me. So Arts Boston, I think most, well, I don't know if most of our listeners know about Arts Boston because our listeners extend well beyond Boston because of the interwebs that take us around the planet. So maybe just a sentence first about Arts Boston, because then we're sure. going to dive into what you're really working Absolutely. on. Absolutely. So Arts Boston is an art service organization, a nonprofit that works with greater Boston arts organizations and audiences to better connect them and provide greater access uh, both to audiences through our discount ticketing program, Bostics, and um, give arts organizations what they need to succeed with uh, professional development training, newsletter, resources, access to the network, those kinds of things. Now, you said the word access several times. Yes. And I'm going to just hone in on that work (laughs) as as we get into your work, because I think one of the things that is so impressive about Arts Boston is it's really stepped up and taken a leadership role in recognizing that lack of diversity that we see in the cultural field, not just in Boston, but really all over the place. Yeah, Arts Boston has, uh, it's part of our new strategic plan, but it's also been something that they've been really passionate about um, for at least the last four or five years. I've been in Arts Boston for about two years, um, and the work that I do uh, as the membership and capacity building manager, a large part of it is creating uh, ways that arts organizations can expand their capacity around being able to have conversations around equity, diversity, and inclusion, and uh, opening up their doors to more of what America looks like. Um, We do a lot of data research. Um, We just had the new Arts Factor come out um, for Arts Boston, and it shows that arts audiences are overwhelmingly uh, older, white, and affluent, which is not really a surprise to anybody, but uh, something to the tune of 89 to 90% on average for an arts uh, audience, and that is across genres. So theater, dance, music, museums, any kind of arts venue you can think of, there's a real issue. And so uh, Arts Boston, in its wanting to expand the capacity of both our programs and the programs of arts organizations in and around Boston, we have developed a lot of programming to sort of directly address that. One in particular that Mass Cultural (laughs) Council is proud to be partnering with you on is the Network for Arts Administrators of Color. And this is really thinking about how we get more people of color actually working in our cultural organizations. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, NAC Boston uh, is what we call it for short, is the Network for Arts Administrators of Color, fondly known as NAC Boston. (laughs) Um, And it was created to support self-identifying arts administrators of color. Um, This includes Asian American, African American, Native American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander, Latin American, and multiracial individuals. Um, And so the network is open to not just, uh, it was originally designed for staff members of Arts Boston member organizations, but it's open to anyone working in a full-time or part-time capacity at a nonprofit or for-profit arts and culture organization in Greater Boston, as well as freelancers and consultants. Um, With the gig economy, we see a lot more people who are multi-hyphenates, have a bunch of different jobs. A lot of artists in in and around Boston are 
arts administrators in their own right and the need to, you know, promote your own work, get yourself uh, out, get your stuff out there, get paid, things like that. Designing basically your own budget, your own brand. These are all things that we all do it uh, that we do at Arts Boston that uh, many arts organizations do, but uh, so many individuals are doing that work for themselves now. So talk more about exactly how this program works. It started well, probably with just one person, and yes. you've really grown in a short time. Yeah, yeah. So we were founded in July of 2016 uh, by Victoria George, who was in this position before me. Um, she's since moved to L.A., but Victoria came from the world of college admissions. And so uh, working in college admissions, she was a part of several affinity groups for um, POC and Black uh, admissions officers. And so when she transitioned into the arts world, she asked Catherine, R.E.D., you know, where is the affinity group that I go to? You know, I I notice I'm the only person of color working here. You know, where's the affinity spaces? And kind of found out that there wasn't any. And so decided to create her own. It was an experience. The experience she had at Arts Boston um, and that a lot of our members have is one of being valued and, and having a real spot at the table at an arts organization, but often feeling isolated and not being able to really connect with, you know, with your busy nonprofit, often full-time and more job. It's hard to sort of connect with other people in the industry. And so she created a space, particularly at, at a South End Bar, uh, for 30 <laughs> individuals in, in July 2016, and that was our first social gathering. And so that was just over three years ago now. We just had our third birthday party. We are now over 300. So it's it's grown quite a bit in the first three years of development. And are people finding you or how, how have you managed to grow 10 times, literally? Yeah, well, it was something that she really wanted to pull together to show because something that we, one of the excuses we hear from a lot of white-led organizations as to why there aren't more people of color at their arts organization is that the POC talent, the people of color in the industry just aren't out there. Um, And so NAC Boston serves as a reminder to our historically white industry that this is not a pipeline issue and that there are actually plenty of qualified people of color ready and working in arts administration. So a lot of these people have been there. It's just more us being able to connect with them now in a meaningful way. Uh, So we do have pretty good word of mouth at this point. Thankfully, as each of our Arts Boston member organizations have been experiencing growth, turnovers in leadership, new opportunities for people of color to lead at these arts organizations. So we have seen, you know, the slows start to change in some of those places. And the universities in Boston also provide a great resource. Um, We're partnering and starting to partner with arts management and arts administration programs at area universities to show that arts administration is a viable career for people of color. In communities of color, you know, there is an emphasis and importance of culture, but it's hard for some young people especially, and the new generation that's coming up, Generation Z, is predominantly people of color, multiracial individuals, people who aren't white. And it's important to show to them that this is a viable way to work in the arts. You don't just have to be a performer. You don't just have to be a painter. You can, you know, if you love math, you can be an accountant in an arts organization. There, if you are really invested in uh, becoming a lawyer. You could be a lawyer that volunteers for the arts. It's just showing people that there are different ways to engage uh, with art and make a living is uh, really important to us. So you talked about, first of all, a cohort, a network, an affinity group, an opportunity for people to get together and share with each other. 
celebrations, parties, social events? What else? What else do you do? Uh, we do a lot of different things. So one way that we're really uh, visible, and I think that's helped us uh, gain new membership, is we actually have a directory directly on the Arts Boston page of all 300 plus uh, NAC Boston members. Um, and that is organized, you know, alphabetically, and people can search through there to see not only names of each member, but their current position, email address, LinkedIn profile, photograph, any other contact information they've provided. And this is something that's been really wonderful to hear that our friends at MCC, as well as other funding organizations, other organizations that are looking for new staff members can directly approach people they find interesting on the directory. And so this has helped uh, directly diversify both grant review panels, uh, as well as staffs of uh, several of our member organizations and, and beyond. So uh, that's been wonderful. We run, um, we started, you know, first with that social, but what followed up with that was our, we have a Google group email address. So anyone who's on there can post and send out to all 300 plus folks, job opportunities, funding opportunities, uh, grant deadlines, performances, housing opportunities. We see all kinds of different posts on there now. Do moderate it, but it does give an opportunity for people to say, hey, I'm working on this thing. I want to collaborate with you. Hey, you should see this. Job posting, I think it'd be a really good fit for someone from the network. Um, and it's really helping us to lead the charge for equity because something that's important to us is that we require there be some amount of salary information on every job posting that we send out, both through that Google group and through uh, a monthly newsletter that I curate, which is another program we have. And I was like, I feel like we do a whole bunch of different things. Well, one of the <laughs> things that's new or newer is the a mentorship program. Yes. Because you've really recognized that the networking is working and a lot of these other things are sort of shining a light on people who have been hidden in plain sight all along. Yeah. Um, but how networking is also sort of a one-to-one -one mentorship and who you know is how you work your way up into careers. Yes, exactly. And I think that's why the network has met, meant so much to so many of our members because there are people, even for me personally, I'll speak for myself, I was at that very first event and some of the people that I met that night are, you know, if you think about really big and upcoming folks, for example, uh, WB where the Artery had the Artery 25 uh, earlier this year, met several of those people for the very first time, including uh, Ashley Gordon of Castle of Our Skins, who's an incredible artistic and executive director. We're now collaborating collaborating with her on an upcoming event. Don Meredith Simmons, who went, who was in the process of founding the Front Porch Arts Collective, is my boss at my other job at Front Porch Arts Collective now. So these are people that I wouldn't have necessarily known or engaged with. Uh, and that is just from, you know, meeting one. So there's so many other wonderful people we've engaged with. But one of the biggest desires people had was to have a role model who looked like them. And this was something that I felt as well, that especially when you see that an industry is predominantly white, you, there lots of folks spoke to having mentors and leaders, but not people who shared the same lived, lived experience as them. So that was something that was important for us to establish. And so we've developed, along with the help of MCC, which has been incredible, to develop a two-tiered program that both addresses mentorship, which many people know, people ask the difference between mentorship and sponsorship. Basically, the difference between mentorship and sponsorship, as I have been explaining it to folks, our, two, our development of this two-pronged process comes from uh, directly from market research, particularly in the corporate field, that women, and particularly women of color, which in the arts there are, more female workers or female identifying workers. And so a lot of our membership is women of color. Women of color are statistically over-mentored and under-sponsored, mm -hmm. meaning they have a lot of people who will give them advice, be a shoulder to cry on, 
someone that will stay in contact, maybe email, email occasionally, but they're not sponsored. They don't have people who are directly opening doors for them, directly inviting them to the table. Mentorship is being, oh, you should have you applied for a speaking gig? You should do that. And sponsorship being, oh, I've, I've recommended you for a speaking gig. I've booked you on a speaking gig. Why don't you come and do that and be a part of my conference, be a part of my organization? Um, it's more of a two-way street. There's two people helping each other and really working to help lift each other up. Mm-hmm. And that's something uh, a lot of our, particularly uh, folks that have become sponsors and mentors through the pilot iteration of this program have talked about you know, working so hard to be one of very few in the arts industry, um, one of very few people of color, working so hard to be one of very few people of color in the arts industry. They forgot to sort of turn around and open the door behind them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to give that opportunity to allow them to give back to the community and assist the next generation of arts administrators has been really beautiful. So we're in the middle of that pilot phase right now, hoping to expand it into a permanent program of NAC Boston. But yeah, it's it's been a really lovely experience thus far. And how many sponsors and mentors do you have? So it's it's a small program right now. We have five mentors who are mentoring early career mentees. We have five sponsors who are executive level, leadership level folks mentoring mid-career sponsees, uh, as well as we have a learning cohort of about 20 individuals. These are folks who applied to the program uh, but weren't necessarily matched. Um, So regardless of match outcome, we still are convening about once a month to have discussions around their careers, advice, sort of things they're going through and present uh, and have uh, mentors and sponsors each take a turn each month for the 10 months of the program to present a masterclass or a workshop or a fireside chat that sort of says, hey, I want to get to know you as well. So even if uh, folks weren't matched in this initial admittedly sort of small pilot, they are still able to meet 10 people and make 10 connections for people who will be pushing for them in the future. So it's been a wonderful opportunity to do that. Um, Some of the things that have come up, we have different folks who were helping their mentee with salary negotiation Mm -hmm. and upcoming year review. We had a a, a mentee who was finishing up her fellowship and her mentor was at the same arts organization and was proofing her cover letter and her resume. And she landed a brand new job at a different arts organization through the course of the program. We've had sponsees who are starting programs have their brand new nonprofits financials reviewed by somebody who runs another you know, very successful nonprofit, people attending art shows together. So it's been wonderful to kind of hear from, at least from an administrative perspective, all the different things that these relationships have sort of brought forth already. It is amazing how this program has grown and developed in literally a nanosecond yeah, in the course like, of time. Yeah. <laughs> and especially the entrenched uh, chain, the, the entrenched uh, sort of system of the way things work. It's made an enormous progress. So in your in your dreams, mm. say five years from now, what is success going to look like to you? So uh, success for me in particular is an increase in broadening and deepening the work we do with the network. Thankfully, this work is not happening in a vacuum. There are actually NAC Bostons or organizations like NAC Boston popping up all over the country. Some are affiliated with, some are not. Uh, for example, Uh, There is a cultural council in uh, Pittsburgh that was really interested 
in our model and the kind of work that we did. And they actually got permission from us to sort of ship the model down there. They run completely on their own, but we sort of consider them a sister chapter. So there is a NAC Pittsburgh. It would be great to have other NACs around the country. I think, you know, uh, selfishly, it's great to kind of get your brand out there. But we also work really closely uh, with arts administrators of color, which is a similar uh, independent nonprofit. I think NAC Boston is really uniquely in, uh, positioned with Inside Arts Boston to have this incredible amount of support and assistance in getting funding from a white institution. So being you know, a POC-led program inside a white institution definitely has its challenges and tensions, but overall it's been incredibly wonderful because I don't have to worry about things that like how I'm going to pay, you know, stipends for the people we're working with. And I don't have to worry about, you know, how I'm going to put a roof over my head every night. So like those kinds of things are really nice. This particular program in Delmarva is an an independent nonprofit and they are organizing a convening this year, which will be attending um, as a member of their cousins regime. And so they're part of this big effort. We're really happy to partner with them on connecting folks. And so we are now going to be part of a hopefully annual national conference of arts administrators of color. Uh, as of yet, such a conference does not exist. So uh, it's been really exciting to build this with them. So more of that would be wonderful. More POC leadership at arts institutions in Boston and around the country. I think we've started to see that shift already, which is really exciting. And it, um, it's a really powerful time to be doing this work. And so to continue to see the expansion of equity, diversity, and inclusion to see more people who look like our members, both in arts position, arts organizations, but particularly in leadership positions, would be really nice. Yeah, I think those are the things that I'm really hoping for for the future. I have full confidence in you. Audrey Serafin, Membership and Capacity Building Manager at Arts Boston, another one of our creative minds out loud. Thank you. To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.